Welcome to the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. For more information about our church, please visit myc3church.net. Wherever you are listening from right now, get ready to receive as God has a word just for you. And uh, it's going to be a good, good morning. We're going to be talking about connection, about one another, how we need one another. And we do. We need each other. I need you desperately. And I thank you for embracing me into this community, even though you didn't have a choice. Because, um, you know, our community, our church family is a lot like our normal family. And I great, I, the great confidence I have as a son in my own natural family is that they have to have me. They don't get to choose. And uh, in, a, in the same way, we, we, we have one another, whether we like it or loathe it, we are made for connection and community. And I, I take it a great privilege to be here today, to be able to share with you uh, some of my thoughts around connection and the importance of connection because it is vital to our health individually, but also as a community that we connect with one another. We connect with one another. And I'm so blessed to have such phenomenal people in this church who have taken the time and the patience and the journey to connect with me. I look at the Sue and Scott Dawson. These guys are phenomenal. Can you give these guys a hand? Pastor Sue and Scott and Pastor Tracy and Jeff Berry have been so foundational in my journey in this church. Uh, they really embraced me and Tam when we first came to this church and first got married and, and have taken, been on a journey with us. So I wanna honour you guys. I wanna honour Glenn Francis here today. Glenn Francis is the epitome of faithfulness. And I, I see your love for Jesus Christ and your passion for your kids and your new wife, Emily, who is also awesome. But man, you are the real deal. And I just wanted to honour you here today and thank you for being such a, an exceptional, faithful man of God that we can learn from and look to. So thank you, Glenn. And it's, yeah, awesome. And the other person that I wanted to honour is trying to hide probably is Billy McCudden because it's Billy McCudden's birthday. And so Billy, we wanted to honour you today, man. The McCudden clan are like glue in this community. And uh, Billy's son, Christian, was my pastor in my early years of coming to Christ. And I I know that what he brought to me is actually a result of your faithfulness as well. So we wanna honour you today, Billy. You're phenomenal, man. Thank you so much. It's very good. Very cool. Well, I like you. You're all wonderful. So thank you. And uh, we're gonna get into this. We've been looking into this scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. It's an amazing passage of scripture where, where Paul is really expressing to this community their need for one another. And he does the same thing in his address uh, in Romans, in same chapter, chapter 12. But it says this in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. I love that. For in one spirit, we were all baptised, fully submerged, dunked, buried, however you want to look at it, into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the one spirit. We were baptised into one body. We need one another. We need one another. To be baptised into Christ is actually at the same instant to be baptised into His body. Now I'm studying Greek right now and um, 
this is like the only time I get to use Greek. Greek really has no value except to say, hey, I know how to speak Greek. Um, but I wanted to just look at this word that they use. It, it, it comes from the verb baptizo, which is where we get the word baptism. But it is, it is a past tense use of the verb. It's evaptis for men. And, and actually what it means is it's a past tense, what we would call simple past tense. It is something that happened. It's not something that I actively, consistently engage and do. It's not like every day I get up and decide to be baptised in Jesus. No, I was baptised into Jesus. And it was not even, although it was an active decision to say yes to Jesus, in, a, in the verb they use is actually a passive tense. It means that it is something that happened to us. The only other time we see this verb used in this particular way is in Romans 6, where it says, how can we continue to sin? Because we're dead to sin. For we were baptised into Christ. Meaning we have let go of all of our former ways, all of our former life in sin when we were baptised in Jesus. And what He's saying in this Scripture is that when we are baptised into Christ, at the same turn, we are baptised into one body, forsaking all of our former loyalties, our former life, our, our kind of exclusive uh, individualistic lifestyle to be submerged into one body. You can't say I'm in Jesus, but I'm not so keen on the body. You can't say, I wanna follow Jesus my way in this kind of individualistic Christianity way. You can't do it because to be baptised into Christ is to be baptised into His body. Do you understand? We cannot separate those things. That's why God says, you know, the world will know, in John 13, the world will know that you love me in the way that you love one another. That's why in 1 John it says, you cannot say that you love God if you hate your brother. If you do so, you're a liar because God equates our love for Him as strongly as our love for one another. We need one another. The early church is amazing because He takes all of these people from extreme diversities. He takes Jews and Greeks, completely diverse, completely disconnected. Sorry, did, I just noticed a change in the sound and I realised I never said farewell. So farewell. And bless you. But he takes slaves and free. Man, he's got, he's got people that are, and we're not gonna go into slavery in first century slavery because it'll take us all day. But, but basically he's got slaves and their masters in one church. He's saying, love one another. Be connected. He takes these incredible, diverse people, Christ, and brings everyone into one body. It's amazing. One body, one community, brought together under one Lord Jesus Christ, to the glory of the one Father, sustained by the power of the one Holy Spirit. The early church were communities that existed to live out the message of their Messiah. They were a community so close, so loving, so unified. This tiny beginning of the church unnerved the most powerful empire of the day. Rome was nervous about Christianity because of the level of commitment they had to Christ, but the level of commitment they had to one another. That they gave up all things, shared all things, did everything together. They were a powerful community and the church today is no less powerful. 
United to one another, we give up our exclusive separate lives to live for one another as a community of love. And by doing so, we become a representation of Christ into the world, becoming a functioning community of God to this world. We function as reflectors of His love. Again, when people are looking what God's love is like, they're looking to us. And the way, not that we say we love God, the way that we show it by loving one another. We're reflectors of His love. We are announcers of His good news. Our individual story and story of redemption becomes a great story of an entire community that's been redeemed, that announces to the world that this God is different that He really changes things, that He indeed is the way, the truth and the life. We are examples of His transforming power. It's one thing for one person's life to be slightly transformed or a little, but when someone's entire world is transformed, but then when an entire community's life is transformed, we become the living evidence of God's transformative power. And ultimately, we are signposts. I love this. This is amazing. You've got to read a book called Created for Community by Stanley Grenz. But anyway, but we are signposts to the hope of eternal life and the reality that He does make all things new. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church points as a signpost to the realities of the kingdom of God. We live as living examples that Jesus Christ is real. This is His church. This is who we are and this is what we do. However, in order to function for God, we have to function as one. Connection is essential and connection is created by being intentional. It takes work. It's not something that just happens. In fact, the opposite is something that just happens. Disconnection comes naturally. We find it real easy to disconnect. At times we find it challenging to connect. And that's evident for Paul and for the writers of the day and even for the writer of Hebrews. He, he speaks to this community and, and they're a community of believers who have converted from Judaism and they're under intense persecution. The early church, we don't know persecution. The early church was under intense persecution. And so there was always a risk of people that had followed the temple worship through Judaism. It was real easy for them to go back because suddenly they would be accepted as a, as a religion. This new religion, the way, was creating drama for the Roman Empire. So there's a lot of persecution coming against them. And so Paul is consistently reminding them to not apostatize from the faith, but to hold to their belief. And one of the ways he says it's really important that we do this is found in chapter 10 and verse 22. It says, let us, I love that, let us. It puts the responsibility back on us. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There is a great danger for a Christian who is disconnected. 
Because when you're part of a body, when you are indeed submerged into a body, you're no longer meant to live alone. And, and Paul uses the anatomy, the, sorry, the analogy of anatomy, that, that we are all connected, one body is connected. And, and ultimately, if my thumb fell off tomorrow, which would be an unfortunate accident, my body would continue to survive, but my thumb would eventually die. And for the Christian who disconnects from the community that they've been birthed into, the body will continue to thrive because it's under the headship of Christ. As long as we stay connected to the head, the body will survive. But for the Christian who disconnects from the body, eventually it will die off because it is disconnected from the life source. We need one another. And what's interesting about this is he says, do not neglect in meeting together as is the habit of some. It's funny that he uses the word habit because it's amazing how it can be easy and feel kind of nice every now and then to disconnect. I know for myself is that when, when I'm not doing so well, I, I have a tendency to withdraw and disconnect if I'm not careful. And, and it's funny that that, that that process of disconnection is not just about literally physically disconnecting, it's just about not being connected. You see, you can be somewhere and not be there at the same time. Are there any wives here today? Just give me a wave if you're a wife. We just wanna honour you for putting up with us. You're amazing. But you know what I'm talking about. Because your husband, he can be at the table. He's not at the table. He can be in the room. He's not in the room. You see, we can be in church, but not connected to the body. We can make a habit. What starts as a one-time deal where it was quite easy to come late and leave early we do it again and again and again until we form a habit of disconnection. And that, my friends, leads to death. It leads to death of community and ultimately will lead to death in your relationship with God because we are made for one another and we need one another. We need connection. And there are many things that disconnect us. For the early church, it was persecution. It was, it was social and ethnic diversities. It was things that divided them that were quite simple to see. But for us, the things that divide us and disconnect us are a little uh, more subtle, but no less divisive. They're things like this, the pace of life, the pace of life. Ephesians 4.3 says, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. Binding yourself together with peace. Peace. The unstable pace, sorry, unsustainable pace we live at at times is driving us into rhythms of life that is leading to burnout. It's leading to burnout physically. It leads to burnout emotionally and it is ultimately leading to burnout relationally. We are disconnected because of our pace of life. We need to keep connected to God and one another. We have to fight against the pace that tries to pull us away from connection. We need to fight the pace and prioritise our journey together. We need one another. We need to come to church. We do. Now I'm preaching to the converted currently because you're here. You get that? Like you're not, not here, you're here. However, I wonder, I wonder how often you're here. And I don't make that as a judgment statement. I don't make that to kind of make you feel bad. I make that to make you realise your need for one another. 
You come to church because number one, we need you. And number two, you need us. We need one another. You see, amen. You can clap, that's fine. God is good. We need each other. And it says that we should not neglect to meet each other, that we may encourage one another. To encourage is to put strength into someone. We need to keep putting strength in one another. And when we meet together, we strengthen each other. We strengthen each other individually. I am strengthened as a person, but I am also strengthened as a husband. I'm also strengthened as a father. And my kids are strengthened in our relationship. The entire unit, the entire world, our entire world is strengthened when we come together, connect and encourage one another. We strengthen one another. Oh, there is so much power in this, in this very thing, the very smallest, seemingly, uh, I don't know what the word is. Just, just left my brain just then. But, but it seems so small. It just seems like we're just chatting. We're just hanging out. But connection is so powerful. Peter Schmiegel, which is an amazing name, um, He's the CEO of Lifeline. He said this about suicide. He said, while we're prescribing more medication for mental illness than ever before, including a doubling in the rate of antidepressants used since 2000, we are not doing enough to combat the social factors that lead so many to choose death over living. After all, there's no magic pill for loneliness, social isolation, relationship breakdown, and other personal crisis. People are lonely. You can't medicate loneliness. You can't medicate isolation. All we can do is connect and help one another feel connected so that they don't feel like they're alone. And I wanna tell every single person here today that you're sitting in your seat and you're kind of getting a bit uncomfortable right now and you feel like this doesn't really relate. Some of us feel like, well, whatever, but there are some people right now and you feel isolated, and I wanna let you know that there is help here for you. That you don't have to feel isolated, that you don't have to be isolated, that we are here to help. And if at any point we have not helped you feel connected, we apologise. And we ask that you help us to help you. That actually you would come to the next step bar or go and find anyone that looks like they're remotely nice and smiling and go and say hello and just say, I need to get connected. We wanna help you be connected. You can join a connect group. You can get in touch with serving. We have so many aspects of connection. And I just did that thing where we, where we take something that should be natural and make it a structure. And there is importance in our structures of connect group and serving. But can I just say, we can just love each other because it's the right thing to do. We can just be friendly and connecting with one another. We can do that. It's really powerful and helpful. Be mindful of one another. When God puts someone on your mind, don't just neglect it, call them. What's going on? How are you doing? Oh man, that's been my greatest pastoral too, is the Holy Spirit revealing people just at the right time. And for, the, for me too, people that have called me at the right moment. Alex Lee is brilliant at this, our youth pastor. Let's thank Alex and Jess and Lee, our incredible youth pastors. But Alex has this thing where I'll be walking past and he will just notice me at the right time and they encourage me, build me up. He's like the Holy Spirit, but looks more like Jesus. Fellowship together after church at a connect group during the week, whenever, hang out with one another. Don't isolate yourselves. Connect. 
we've got to keep moving. Another thing that, that's, that disrupts our connection, disconnects us, is disappointment and distrust. Hmm. This scripture is brilliant, Colossians 3.13. It says, make allowances for each other. There's the solution for every problem in relationships we will ever have. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Community has no hope. Relationships have no hope if we won't appropriate the truths that Christ has given us. And Jesus' way of dealing with hurt and resentment and things that are broken, make room and realise I forgave you and I continue to forgive you, even though you do that thing again and again. And you told me, you said, I'll never do it again, Lord Jesus. You forgive me this one more time, I'll never do it again. You did it again. And He keeps forgiving and keeps making room. And we must love in the same way. We gotta love one another. Now, trust is different. Trust is different, but we have to offer each other grace and forgiveness. When our expectations of the community are not met, we are left with two options, to remain hurt or to forgive. We are a community made up of individuals that are on a journey. We're on a journey. And we have to forgive and remember, as I am being changed, so are the people I fellowship with. We should all have positive assumptions or fruit, fruitful assumptions. There are negative assumptions, like, and they are the, what do they call it? The, the, the foundation of all screw-ups is, is a bad assumption. But, but there are positive assumptions, okay? And they go like this. Number one, and I'm gonna use myself as the example because I'm the one here and so I can just put myself out there rather than picking on someone else. But I personally assume responsibility for my walk with Jesus, That means I know that He has called me to be perfect as His Father is perfect, which is a big deal. But we understand that that word is actually talking about me progressing towards perfection as I model my life off the one who is perfect. So I'm gonna take my responsibility in Christ, my journey of following Jesus seriously. I'm actually not gonna be the person that keeps looking for someone else's grace while I just trample over everyone and offend everyone and hurt everyone. I'm gonna take a responsibility to mature in Christ, okay? So I assume responsibility. And then you, as a community, you're gonna assume that I'm gonna get it wrong. You're gonna assume that though I'm gonna do my best to try and work it out, I'm just human, so I'm gonna get it wrong. And that right there is what it means when Jesus came with grace and truth. I appropriate the truth of Christ, the Word of God. This is the way I will now live. I'm gonna appropriate that. And then I'm part of a community that has grace, room, allowances for me to grow into that. And in that moment, we manage our expectations of one another. Because expectations are funny. In order to have expectations that are gonna be met, you need to realise you had those expectations. Some of us don't even realise it. We just expect things we never really even thought about. We just assume. Again, they're negative assumptions. So we have to recognise the expectations. We, we have to then make sure that those expectations are realistic for one another. Are they actually realistic? Then we have to communicate them and then we have to agree upon them. And we do all of this without doing any of this. 
and we wonder why our expectations aren't met. We need to be people that are appropriating and assuming truth in our lives, but also are assuming and making room for one another's mistakes that are gonna happen, amen? Amen, we're gonna have grace and truth. Okay, moving right along. We need to continue loving, trusting and believing in one another. Very good, okay, my last thought for you. And this is the one I really wanted to get to. And I don't know why, I've just felt this for a little while, is the thing that disconnects us is comparison. Comparison. In the same uh, chapter of where we began in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it says this in verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, watch this, as He chose. He chose. Just, just hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. He chose who you are and how you are, and the way He's made you and the way you fit in the body. He chose. Okay, anyway. If all were a single member, i.e. one big eye, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. You're indispensable. Like, indispensable indispensable, like we can't get on without you, like we can't function without you. The message version goes deeper. He starts to take all sort of poetic license, which is awesome. It's Eugene Peterson, he can do what he wants. But he says the stomach, he talks about the stomach. He says, I can get around with no hand, but I can't get around without a stomach. The problem is, is we look at one another's gifts we look at how each other function and we look at the bright, shiny ones and we compare our more basic, fundamental, functional ones to the bright, shiny ones and we say, I don't have a place. I don't, in comparison to that, I don't really measure up. And we end up disconnecting from a community that needs the thing you have. You are indispensable, all of you, all of you. Regardless of what you think of yourself, you are indispensable and you have been put in this body because He chose you. He chose you as He chose. When my insecurities of who I am and what I can offer stop me from connecting, I rob my community of the gift they need. <sighs> Comparison creates false realities. They seem true to us, but they are not real. They're things like this, I'm not needed. I'm not needed. I'm not good enough. What do I bring? Or, or how's this? They don't want me. It's not just that I'm not good enough, it's now that they don't want me. It's amazing that our insecurities paint a picture of the people, of who people are and what they are before we even have a chance to engage with them. We can come in with, again, some, some, some kind of uh, pre-thought through ideas of how people are and what they will think about us, all because of our insecurities. I'm not needed. They don't want me. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. You are indispensable. And the parts of the body 
that seem more functional, seem kind of out of the limelight, seem like they're just kind of just behind the scenes. They are the ones of the greatest need and value in terms of your being indispensable. You know, when we and my wife, we did college at separate colleges. I did college here. She backslid and did Bible college at another great church. And um, not really, my wife is awesome, please. Um, but we, we did our ministry, you do these things called ministry gifts. Right, And it's awesome, you start to realise where you fit and how you can function and, and what maybe you, some of your innate giftings are that God's put in your life. And I came up because I can talk underwater as preaching and teaching kind of top two, right? My wife came out with administration and hospitality. And because of our age and because of just the silly culture that, that was part of the community that we were a part of at the time, we somehow decided that, that, that she, she got a bit upset by that. She's like, I wanna be the preacher. What am I gonna do for God? Because apparently the only person who can do anything for God is the one holding the microphone. Because that's sometimes the thinking we get. And, and she's like, mine's administration hospitality. Can I tell you, my wife has been the hands and feet of Jesus more than I ever will be. Ever, ever. She connects with people, looks after people, helps people. And I'm oblivious of it. I'm oblivious of it. It's not because I'm a bad person. I just don't, I don't register the same way. She has a heart for people and she's willing to fulfill needs all the time. If she ha- if, when, whenever she, we go to friends' houses to hang out, we'll have dinner and then she'll disappear. Everyone's like, where's Tammy? And she's lo and behold cleaning the kitchen. But she doesn't just clean the dishes we break, she'll clean the whole house. She'll clean it. And that says Jesus more than me sitting on the couch being lazy than it ever could. There are things in you that you have rejected. You've rejected it because you compare yourself to the other body parts of the body. But I wanna let you know that you need to stop rejecting yourself. You need to begin to accept and value yourself and realise how much you bring to this body and that we need you. And here's the thing, we discover our value when we make ourselves available. You discover your value, what you bring, when you actually make yourself available. When you come and say, what can I do? How can I help? I love this, this is uh, Romans 12, five to six, the message version. It says, so since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellent formed and marvelously functioned parts in Christ's body, Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Love that. Without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Listen, if your insecurity has disconnected you, stopped you from interacting, stopped you from engaging, stopped you from bringing and coming and joining in in this community, stop telling yourself you are not valuable and begin to make yourself available. Today, join a team, any team. Figure it out and do a journey of realising as you come and you serve and you give, you will find what God has put in you and how valuable those things are. But not just join a team. Go and clean a house, cook a meal, visit someone who's sick, care for someone's kids, invite people to church. Get the thing that your heart beats most for and step out and do it and see what God has put in you. Come alive under the power of the Holy Spirit and actually transform and help the lives that are around you. You are valuable and indispensable.
We need one another. But more than that, the world needs us. It is looking for a community who is the real deal. Let us be intentional to remove the things that disrupt our connection and to activate the things that enhance it. Let's reprioritize this community if we need to this morning. Reprioritize church in your life. Let's extend grace to this community and let's serve one another. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. I wonder if you could just close your eyes and bow your heads and while I'm here speaking to you this morning, maybe you're here and you're all new to this. This is kind of new, but you know that right now you're not, discon- you're not connected to a community because you're not even connected to Christ. But you know that you know that within you there is a deep need and unsettling in your spirit even here this morning that only Jesus Christ can resolve. You were created for community. But not just this community or relational community, you were actually created to be part of a great community called God. He destined you to be a part of His family. He has always done that. That's been His plan from the beginning. And our own lives get separated from Him because of what the Bible calls sin, which is really means just to not do things God's ways. We, we separate our lives away from God, but God offers us an opportunity to be reconnected to His family, be reconnected to our great purpose, which is to follow Him. And He's done that through His Son, Jesus Christ, that He died and was resurrected for us, that we might have eternal life, yes, that we might actually go to heaven and have, but but that we would ultimately have this type of relationship with Him where suddenly our life makes sense, where suddenly things seem to become real because Jesus said that He was the way, the truth and the life, that life only really makes sense when it's connected to Him. And so if you're here today and you're disconnected from Jesus, maybe you used to follow Him, but you know right now that you are not honestly following Christ. He's not your Lord and Saviour. I wanna give you an opportunity just a moment to respond. Or if you're here today and you are saying, you know what, I'm disconnected because I've never actually asked Christ into my life and you'd like to do that here today. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you, can I just get you to lift your hand nice and high for me to see? I'll see it and then you can put it down. Who's that here today? You need to connect or reconnect with Jesus here this morning. Thank you, God. Just give a moment. Thank you. Right now your heart is beating. You know you're not in relationship with Him. But here today, you can respond. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm hesitant to move on because I feel like there are people here that need to respond to this. I'll wait for you just a few more moments. Thank you, Lord. All you have to do is lift your hand for me, I'll see it, and then you put it down. Who's here today? 30 more seconds. Don't leave here without this opportunity. Okay. 
Can I get everyone to stand? We're going to finish now. Thank you for your patience. I'll be done in 30 seconds. But again, with every eye closed, if right here today you're saying, you know what? I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm not, I'm not connected. Just lift your hands to God. You need help reconnecting here today. Maybe it's because you're not valuing who you are, the innate person who God has put in you. Maybe it is because of offence or hurt. Or maybe the pace of life is just driving, driving you away from one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, right now, I thank You, Lord. You see every single person who's responded here. You hear their heart, you see their need. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that You would help them take a next step. That God, after this service, they would actually actively go and find someone and say, I need help to reconnect. Maybe it's a friend or it's a leader or it's just going to the next step bar, but we're gonna take a next step to get connected. In the Name of Jesus Christ, I thank You, Lord God, that this community is powerful, connected by the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and fill every single one of us right here today. Why don't we all lift our hands here today? Father God, that we would be united as a family, united as a community, and God, that we would see the love of God that is evident in this room here today, the love of God that is evident in this community, that God, that love would go out into our community, that that love would go out into Sydney, that God, we would be the hands and feet of Jesus the God we would see people coming into this community, connected into this community, finding true life in You. God, I pray You bless this church. Bless it, Lord God. Let Your hand of blessing fall on every single person, fall on every single dad and mom, every single person, Lord, every young person and old person. Let the hand of God fall on us as a community here today. In Jesus' mighty Name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys. C3, we love stories. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, email us at stories at myc3church.net. You can also download the C3 Church app to keep up to date on events, listen to our latest album and give as part of our tithes and offerings. We hope you have been blessed by this message. Use the handle at C3 Oxford Falls to follow us on social media.